Hello and welcome to the Prop Swap Podcast. We are your hosts, Ian Epstein and Luke Pergandy. And we are also the founders of PropSwap, the first marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We've got another great episode for you. Luke and I will get into our favorite stake or swap picks. We have the host of Follow the Money, Mitch Moss, joining us for a terrific interview. Uh, but first, quickly, just want to talk about this uh Huge ticket um, that uh, that hit. Uh, it was not sold on PropSwap, but uh, it was brought to us by one of our customers uh, who uh, inquired uh, about uh, potentially selling it. It was Morocco to reach the quarterfinals. Uh, this person bet $91,000 at 11 to 1 odds. So it was to win $1 million. Uh, as we record this, Morocco just beat Spain to win, or excuse me, to reach the quarterfinals. So the ticket is a winner. Uh, it is currently blowing up on social media as we speak right now. Uh, Luke, quickly, what are your thoughts on uh, on this massive ticket? Incredible. I mean, not not amazing odds. Like it's 11 to 1 winner. But the fact that you you put ninety thousand dollars on a Morocco World Cup bet that comes around every four years, and you barely get to watch this team before handicapping it, you know, in in contrast to the NFL or college football or college basketball, you get to watch these teams dozens of times before making a sports bet. This is crazy. Super congrats to him. He's a huge customer of ours. I mean, a a power seller, no doubt, on PropSwap. So very proud of him. Very happy for him. Super fun. Yeah, uh, and so I mean Morocco obviously eleven to one. Um, they were a long shot to get out of the group. Uh, the upset there was Belgium was the was the team that was supposed to win the group and and they didn't make it. Uh, and so it was Morocco and Croatia uh, that got out of the group. Morocco actually winning the group, uh, and so uh, that that got them um, a date with uh, with 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 Spain. Um, but yeah, just a, an, an incredible, uh, incredible ticket, and really the first kind of major upset so far uh, in the World Cup: Morocco uh, beating Spain in penalty kicks. Uh, so uh, potentially more to come on that story. Uh, but uh, without further ado, uh, a guy that Luke and I have known for years uh, since we started uh, Prop Swap in 2015, uh, Mr. Mitch Moss. Um, it's a great interview, and uh, we hope you enjoy it. And we are here with Mitch Moss, the host of Follow the Money on VSIN. Mitch, thanks so much for joining us today. You bet, guys. How are you? Doing well. Um, so, a fun piece of trivia uh, Mitch recorded Prop Swap's first ever radio commercial, uh, was the voice of it. Uh, so my first question is, how and why has that led to all of your success in your career? I think that was the reason why. <laughs> that was the catalyst that got everything going. Is that right? That's a... Uh... Yeah. Are we talking about like 20... 2015? 2015? 2015? Yeah. Okay. yeah. All right. Um, but that, that does lead me to my, my actual first question. Uh, so you were um, a radio host at ESPN Vegas. Yep. Uh, that's where we met you. How, how did you get your start uh, at, at ESPN Vegas? Well, it goes back a long ways. Uh, I've been in Las Vegas since 2001. Uh, so... When I first got into radio, I met a guy by the name of John Hansen. We worked in Wisconsin together. He had never been to Las Vegas. And he didn't he had no interest in going and coming and visiting the city. And I was like, dude, I've been out there twice. You're gonna absolutely love it. I want to move out there right now, whatever, blah, blah, blah. 
He's like, fine, I got friends out there. We're going to go out there. Same thing. He, he, before he left for Wisconsin, he knew that he, was, he actually had job offers. And he, he made a point to, like, find he didn't want to move from Las Vegas. And he was really, really good at what he did um, in the radio world. Um, and so he got a job. And then soon thereafter, he's like, hey, dude, uh, he's like, as we always talked about, if we could find a job, we'd try to bring the other person on board. And he goes, uh, there's a job now. I created I asked if they could create, like, a producer job for you. He's like, do you want it? I'm like, it was no hesitation. I'm like, 100% of this is actually, you know, if this is a thing, yes, I'll move up to Las Vegas tomorrow. And so that's how it started. I moved out here in 2001. And, uh, I mean, I've been out here ever since. Well, I stayed in the, I was in the Bay Area for a couple of years, but I met my wife here in Las Vegas. She's originally from the San Francisco area. We moved there for two years. I loved it actually more than she did. And we had a chance to move back here. And then I've uh, been back in Vegas now almost, God, almost a full decade now since we came back. What uh? What city in Wisconsin was it? We're both Chicago guys, so we know Wisconsin pretty well. Yeah. Well, I did go to school in uh, Madison, not at the UW. I went to a uh, Madison Media Institute um, on the west side, if you know Madison at all, okay. uh, the West Town Mall. Um, and then I, I was working in the Eau Claire area. But I, I did like a bunch of play-by-play for, I mean, we're talking, I would drive in, you know, November, December, January at night icy roads, backwoods, you know, with uh, no stoplights whatsoever, trying to find these gyms in like Glenwood City and Spring Valley and uh, all over. But it was totally worth it. I loved doing it at the time. And, uh, you know, I'm a firm believer in starting off in a spot like that in a smaller market so you can do as much as possible if you want to get into the radio business. And, um, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun. I, that's where, the reason why I got into the business was I wanted to do play-by-play. So you were doing you were doing play by play in in Wisconsin, and then your friend found the job at at ESPN in Vegas. I mean, yep. did he know that that's what you wanted to do? No, I mean it was uh, he he knew I wanted to do play by play, but he also knew that I wanted to do you know be in radio. Um, I was 16 years old when my high school in Fall Creek, Luke. I don't know if you ever heard of Fall Creek outside of Eau Claire. Okay. Um, we had like a career day at UW Eau Claire. The Blue Goals put it on. And, you know, I was always a sports fan. Um, so I didn't know back then, we're talking about probably 1992, 93, that a couple of broadcasting schools were actually in the area. I didn't even know that. And then it just happened to be like Madison Media Institute was there. I'm like, wait a second. So I can, I can move to Madison, go to school there, and you're going to show me like how to work in a studio and do, I can do like play-by-play. Like, yeah. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm in, <laughs> you know, whatever. So, uh, but you know, just I think giving up the the play by play path um, to move out to Las Vegas was something that was going to be a no brainer. And I did continue doing some play by play, like I did uh, the Las Vegas Locos. They were the United Football League. Jim Fossil was their head coach. Yeah. Good football, to be honest. Good players. I went on to be good in the NFL. Uh, and also, I called a bunch of like Mountain West Conference tournament games, which was I I, I was so lucky. I, I called like a couple of games that I'll never forget. I mean, there was a UNLV TCU game that was honestly one of the best games I've ever been to in my entire life in person. It was just, they couldn't miss threes that night. It was incredible. It was like played in the high eighties or the nineties. I lost my voice in the post game show. Um, I still have the, like the, the, uh, the link on my email. So it was like one of those things that was just uh, really, cool. really special to me, you know? And so, and so you said that you started out as a producer, um, and so was your, how, what was your path? How, how were you trying to get on air? Was it, was it through the play-by-play or, or, you know, 
because I think well, a lot of people want to get into radio and and yeah. the and they immediately want to be the, the voice on the air, but they don't know what the how how you work towards that path to do it. Well, that's that's one of the sacrifices that you have to make. I mean, we all have dreams of starting off at you know twenty three years old and working in New York or Chicago or L A. But let's be honest, that's probably not going to happen. You need to like uh, work your way up a little bit, uh, get your foot in the door. Um, it's been easier actually since for younger people that I realized uh, since I was and you really had to do that when I was younger. I think now you can start off probably a little bit bigger, but um, I was willing to do whatever it took. You know, I produced, uh, we had a bunch of uh, local radio shows on the ESPN affiliate out here, ran the board for those, would get guests, did updates, um, ran, you know, it's in the business is called running the board. So I'd like, you know, have everybody potted up. Once they'd go to a break, I'd hit the off button. We'd go to commercial. Would I would do that for games as well. But I knew that if I was, uh, you know, serious about it, and after I moved to Las Vegas, that I wasn't going to go down a different career path. That eventually, if you're if you're patient enough, like you're going to get some breaks and things are going to go your way, and you start to work your way up, and that's what happened. So uh, when the at the point when you did get on the air and you were a uh, a regular host, I'm, I'm not sure what what year that was, but um, you know. So a couple months ago, we had Doug Kazarian uh, on the podcast, uh, and he as well was a was a radio host in in Vegas. And um, you know, he, he mentioned how you know because there was no home team in Vegas uh, during those years, right? This is you know pre Golden Knights, pre Raiders, all, all that stuff. That you know really that kind of lent the conversation more towards sports betting. Uh, is that how you approached you know talking about betting on the air? It was like, well, there really is no you know home team besides the the Rebels. Pretty much. I mean, we would talk about national sports all the time. Because, I mean, you could hear people across the Las Vegas Valley turning their radios off if you were going to talk about UNLV football. Or, <laughs> you know, it's, just, it's unfortunate, but, yeah. you know, they've stunk forever. So uh, I really wish the program would be better, but they just, you know, they can't find the right coach. They can't make it work. So little things like that. So, we, you know, a lot of NFL, you could never go wrong talking NFL in Las Vegas or college football. UNLV basketball obviously peaked there. Um well, not peaked, post-Arcanian peaked with Lon Kruger, obviously. So that was always big. Um, and, and you could always talk about that for the entire college basketball season. But, you know, baseball season was not exactly easy because, uh, yeah. I mean, again, that's one of those things where you're going to talk hardcore baseball in June and July. And what, if you're not talking about it from a gambling perspective, then why do people really care? I mean, what, what's the angle in Las Vegas when you don't have a team at, that, at the uh, minor league level? So... Uh, there was, and we had specialized gambling shows as well. And the thing about uh, it's called Lotus Broadcasting. They they had a ton of stations, and a bunch of them were dedicated towards sports. I think at least two when I first started there. And uh, on both sides, they had you know a bunch of specialized uh, stuff just just for. I mean, that's why Las Vegas has been so great because it's been they've had gambling content forever, and now you're seeing it just uh, in every single market you know in the entire country. Um. So. When Brian Musburger uh, approached you um, to to join Vsin, what was that? What was that conversation like? How, how did that go? Uh, it was very exciting for me. Um, I love the idea, uh, the whole concept of it. I thought that um, I told him back then, before they actually decided to hire me. This is maybe one of my pitches to get hired. Was uh, I felt like Vsin could eventually be like you know the new ESPN because back in the late seventies, early eighties, nobody really thought ESPN was going to be as big as it, you know, turned out to be. And my angle was if you can do, well, the sports betting stuff, first of all, but also if you could do like live content uh, during games or maybe even at games when it's like, you know, specifically the broadcast is on. I mean, could you imagine 
if Brent was in his 60s right now or in his 50s, Brent Musburger, and he was calling games specifically like on VSIN when he had like Jimmy Vaccaro next to him, uh, and they're talking about the game and the in-play odds, I mean, that would just be that, – that to me would – that's the future, and it would be so big. And, you know, um, it, that, that can still be the case. You're just going to have different voices on it now. But uh, the whole live betting I don't think is um, – I think it's just like tipping the iceberg still. It's gotten way bigger than what it was, obviously. But live betting, I think, is the future of this stuff. And um, I just – I thought they couldn't go wrong. I thought it was a brilliant idea um, because I knew – I mean, the thought was – and the whole idea for Brian to get it started before PASPA got repealed was if this is struck down and we get legal – I mean, we're going to be the first ones in where we're talking about gambling. We're going to be established already. So that's going to be huge. And it was a great idea on his part. And you just – you knew it, right? Once – once that day was going to come, that was the, we didn't know, like fingers were crossed. Hopefully we can break this barrier down, but then the floodgates were going to open. And now you guys have seen what it's like in the last four years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, we've already seen the alternative broadcasts with Peyton and Eli catch a lot of steam and they're in polos and they're in each other's basements. Like it's super casual. And I think that's, that's clearly the future of broadcasting games is alternative broadcast, whether you're, you don't have to watch the sports betting broadcast if you're not betting yep. in sports, but if you are yep. sports betting, that's a way more intriguing broadcast than watching Troy Aikman and Joe Buck uh, pontificate. Um, I, was say, I mean, on that note, Luke, I mean, what, what have you guys found yourselves watching more of? Is it, and I, I think Aikman and Buck, it's a clear upgrade from the previous Monday night booths, but I mean, when the Manny cast is on, you got to, you got to check it out. I, I, so I, like last night, I turned in, tuned in for the fourth quarter, right? Like when the game gets kind of down to the end, I kind of want to see Peyton Eli talking about what would you do on this, you know, whether it's to, you got to kill the clock, yep. whether it's, it's a game winning drive. So, yeah, no, totally. I think um, even with a great broadcasting team like Joe Buck and, and Troy Aikman, like Peyton and Eli still serve a, a great, uh, you know, uh, portion of that. Definitely. Uh, I was going to ask, like, when you like, you guys clearly had the opinion that we're going to be full sports betting all day, every day. And some other companies, you know, started with sex and food and then kind of pivoted into sports betting. And then you also mentioned ESPN. Like, they were – they're still, you know, let's say 5 to 10% of the content is focused on sports betting. Like, it's still 90% not mentioning odds and – money lines and et cetera. Um, you know, just talk about how do you guys view yourself? Like, are you guys a compliment to ESPN? Are you a replacement for ESPN? And then, you know, the other competitors as well. Like, how do you guys view yourself in the marketplace? I think just separate, you know, uh, I don't, I don't personally look at uh, it as competition because again, you're exactly right. I mean, they're, they're still doing their own thing for the most part. And, you know, they, I'm sure that they will expand and have more shows like Daily Wager in the future. I can't imagine they're not going to do that. Mm. But, uh, like, when we're on and we're up against, you know, shows like Get Up and um, whatever else they have on, I don't know because I don't watch, obviously. I'm on in the air at the same time. I don't – I mean, I guess it's competition because we're on at the same time. We're talking about sports. But because we – I mean, it's just – it's still two totally different shows. I mean – based on what ESPN programming has been for many, many years. I mean, and I don't think, you know, unless they have Doug doing a morning show, Doug Kazarian, you know, sometime soon, I think it's going to probably remain that way for um, the foreseeable future. But, you know, it's just, I think you also have to like welcome more content, right? Because you just, it's not like you can be the only people on the planet that we're going to be doing gambling content. Once uh, again, Passport went down, you knew that it was going to happen. You got to be okay with that. Yeah, uh, exactly. Like, I mean, you 
you, you want to welcome competition and, and then differentiate yourself, you know, from that, from that competition. Um, so I, I feel like one of the things that you, that I, at least I wasn't expecting, and maybe you weren't expecting when you were just signed on to VEASAN was having your show simulcast on these giant regional sports networks like MSG, like Nesson. Um, I mean, it's huge out there. What has been the feed? Like, is, is it crazy to get feedback from people, you know, on the other side of the country that, that love to watch your show in the mornings? That's uh it's humbling, I'll tell you that. Uh, it's pretty cool, um, you know, all at the same time. And, you, I mean, you can see, you know, when we get emails and we get, you know, tweets throughout the show and they're coming in from all different parts of Canada, certain pockets that I've never even heard of before, <laughs> you know, outside of uh, the Calgary area or Toronto and little pockets that I, you know, whatever, I couldn't, I couldn't possibly find them on a map, but I, it's great. And then, you know, like the Boston area and Masson as well and other spots, L.A., um, but then, you know, that's one thing, but then when we went to, uh, Foxwoods last year, it was, I think it was almost like this week last year, early December, when we went there for, uh, the opening of DraftKings and we were there for uh, a couple of days broadcast. I think we did three shows from there and we only had a chance to promote it for, cause it just, it fell into our laps. Like, Hey, they're going to open up. We want you to be there. Okay. Here's what you're going to do. Flew out there, uh, I think on a Monday, and then the uh, we only promoted it for maybe a day or two. But to see the to do the shows early in the morning and to see people who were driving in from, I mean, three, four, five states away, they're all so close out there, which is you know completely different than Mm. Nevada, where you want to go anywhere, it's going to be at least four hours. But they're coming in from. Vermont and New Hampshire and uh, Maine and Connecticut and Massachusetts and all over the place. And they drove 90 minutes or two hours and it snowed that week too. So, and uh, that to me was honestly like one of the coolest, that really like hit then at that point, you're like, wow, they do, they, you really do like watch the show and you take it in and they, they, they just knew everything about the show. I mean, it comes down to like when we screw around and have the dog videos or when it comes to certain beats that were just absolutely awful that we talked about for a long time, or maybe a future bet that hit something like that. Their recall was, it just blew me away. So uh, to see that in person and then just to talk to everybody, they came out to the show for three hours and they stuck, stuck around for hours to say hello and, you know, meet us and everything like that. I mean, that was was just, uh, that was my, that was mind blown. And um, yeah, that was, that was one of the coolest events that uh, has ever. And then, cause I compare that to, you know, being in Las Vegas and being on the radio out here for a long, long time, and the radio station did, you know, at, at certain times, radio station, ra- the ratings were really, really good, especially when you compare them across to, like, the country to other stations. And we would have events and remotes where we're giving away – there was a, a remote one night for the national title game in college basketball where I think we had – it was like a play, PlayStations to give away or Blu-ray players and tickets to go um, – to like these awesome events, just phenomenal prize that we were giving away the entire time. And oh, by the way, it was like a, at a brand new gentleman's club, with like a five star, <laughs> which only Las Vegas, right? And game. we could, we promoted the daylights out of that, and like hardly anybody showed up. And you're like, what? How does this happen? We know people are listening. We'll get the feedback, but nobody wants to go to remotes. Nobody wants to show up. And then you do something like this, uh, and you go across the country and see that happen where people are driving out of the way for two, two and a half. I just like it was amazing. Yeah, I mean that to me that's just a math question. Like Vegas isn't a giant city; it's I think it's like twenty no. eighth population wise. So that that makes complaints that I I didn't need 
you to tell me about the Foxwoods event to know you guys are nationwide celebrities. I've had people four years ago saying I've been I listen to Mitch and Paulie religiously in Chicago and Boston and wow. Los Angeles and New York City. Like, uh, you know, that's good to hear that your eyes are open a year ago. But this is this is four years uh, uh, ongoing for you guys. So yeah, that's really um, yeah, cool. That's, that's nothing new. Um, you know, you're gonna ask something. Go, go ahead. Um, yeah, I just you know, like luck happened to all of us. Like to your point, you were trying to figure out like, is sports betting going to get legalized in 2018? Like nobody knew in 20 people have been saying since 1995 that PASPA was going to get struck down. Like anyone that thinks they knew in 2015, 2016 is lying. Like that's that had been rumored for nearly 30 years. Um, so I think luck, you know, you have to get lucky in life. Um, and, and a lot of us did. So, um, you know, just, Looking back, like if that hadn't happened, do you think VSIN, you know, where would you be today? Would you still be at VSIN? And, you know, just thinking about a pass but didn't get struck down, what, no, what would your life look like? It's a phenomenal question. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming that, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that VSIN would still be around. Um, but I, I'll be honest, I mean, the spot that I was at again, and, and going to VSIN was the be- best move ever that I've ever made my entire career. I mean, no, no question about it. But I will say this the previous spot that I had, I told this to, you know, management back then, back in 2017, I'm like, now what's kind of like the guarantee here moving forward? Because I mean, I'll be honest, like job security in radio is there, that doesn't really exist. (laughs) But I will tell you like where I'm at, Lotus Broadcasting, it's like they treated, if you were there for a little while and you got your foot in the door and they liked you, you could be there forever. And that was like that, I had that, like, right, that job security was there. Um, And that was one of the great traits about the GM. And uh, at the time, Tony Bonici, and running yeah, running no like funny. a family type business like i mean it was just like you could and some of the voices that, that are still there you guys know you know a lot of the voices who are still on the stations out here in las vegas they can they can and that's a great thing right if they want to be there for as long as they want whatever they can be there forever so you and let's say screw it up somehow um but that was one of the things that i went back and forth on is like look i mean i i didn't want to move back here from california i love san francisco my wife wanted to come back so we did and i'm like i gotta tell you like uh this place they, it's like, I can stay here for as long as I want. I know that. So how do I know if I leave here, it's going to be, you know, something that's to your point, if PASPA doesn't go down, like what, what, what's happening? And they were like, trust me on this. Um, it's, everything's going to be all good. So I'm like, okay, I will. I trusted them. And, uh, you know, it's definitely paid off. Um, well, you, you, you certainly trusted them when you signed up for a, uh, a time slot that starts at 4 AM, uh, Pacific, um, I think I've asked you this before, but I'm, I'm going to ask you again. Um, how do you pull off getting up and ready and starting recording at 4 a.m. Pacific when you've got important games that go on pretty late the, the previous night? What is what is your 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 daily sleep schedule like? Because I'm I, I'm very impressed you can do this. It's uh, so well. First of all, I must say that there's a guy in our network who who does this without any problem. That's Matt Humans. If you guys know who Matt is, he, he needs to yeah. be able to sleep at night. That's it. I mean, I don't know how he does it. Like, not everybody's like Matt. I wish I was. But um, I try to, like, during, you know, important weeks and important nights, and there are a lot of them during the week, obviously. Um, if I can get to bed by 8.30, it's kind of a win. Um, and then I'm okay. Like, you know, honestly, like, if I miss 
the NBA action on a Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah. whatever. I mean, that's, the, the Warriors, Lakers, late, you know, late game on TNT. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, so be it. I got to sleep at some point. I'm not a good napper, unfortunately. I can't nap. Um, that sucks. My my co-host, Paulie, he is a uh, – I know he's a serial killer. I know he is <laughs> because he, he can – he could be like Dexter on the Showtime show and just, like, you know, stab 13 people and fall asleep the next second. I mean, I don't know how he how – he, so he can nap. I can't, but uh, – and in a perfect world, if I can go to bed like at six, like on a boring night, but that never happens. So um, generally it's about eight, eight thirty. But that's, you know, out here anyway, like the, the primetime football, for example, games are done. Yep. Yeah. So then wake up like I wake up like around two. And then, uh, you know, because we're all ready for the show the day before. Like we spend the entire day before getting ready and knowing what we're going to talk about. We have the entire board down. We have all the angles that we want to discuss, all the odds, you know, everything like that. So then if I miss like a Blazers jazz game, so be it. I'll wake up, look at the box score and see what happened. And, you know, that's, that's because we're not, how much time are we going to talk about that game anyway? Not much. Yeah. 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 Um, I, uh, I, I have one last question um, and, or uh, then Luke, Luke can uh, finish up. But when you, look at the future of sports betting what what gets you most excited well um i think uh again live betting the idea of live betting getting getting bigger and bigger and taking off more options um gets me excited uh because i like to live bet i'm certainly no master at it right now uh i win some i lose some for sure but uh, i think the idea of that getting you know, and I'm speaking now basically in terms of uh, out in Las Vegas because, you know, this has been the place where it's been legal for a long, long time. But yet, you know, there's this dynamic of most other books have surpassed Las Vegas when it comes to the betting menu, as you guys are well aware of. Yeah. I mean, look at the World Cup, for example. I mean, you can bet these ways 800 different ways. These game matches 800 different ways at certain books. You can't even find to win to nil at a book. I don't think other than Crazy. maybe Boyd out in Las Vegas, that's pretty much it. So um, I think Las Vegas, there's going to be a balance where their menus will expand, but also they'll have the same philosophies. Like for example, Circa, and they'll, they'll tell you like their, their in-play menu is not great. They're offering more and more now, but th their menus are not, they're not deep. They're more about the uh, meat and potatoes as they're, they're going to flat out say sides, totals, but then they're very transparent about like what what the what the limits are going to be. And to me, that might be something that would be good for every better, right? Small or big. If you can go into a sports book and you get into their app, I think Circa's the only one that does this. And you can go on pretty much every, any bet that you want to, and that app needs to say like what the limit is for pretty much any anybody. I think that I think that small little piece would be huge for something that uh, would help everybody out in the future. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and I think Circa does a fantastic job, uh, especially on their social media, about uh, transparency with hold percentages. Yep. I think that's something that very few people know about, but I think a lot of people, sh a lot more people should know about that. The difference, you know, some books are holding 20%, some books are holding 40% on their futures odds, and that should be, open and transparent to the better. You should know what type of, because it's it's a lot easier to tell when it, you're, it's minus 110, minus 110 versus minus 120, minus 120. Everyone knows that's that's, that's way bigger than it should be, uh, but the futures odds 
um, that's not as, as transparent, but Circuit does a really nice job at that. Yeah, and well, in these other states too, again, some of the other states, they they can't have books pitching these, you know, straddles that are insane. I mean, it, you know, some of the stuff that we've seen from, I mean, you'll see like a, a $2 favorite and the other side is minus 135. Like what, how, you can't, what? I know the taxes in the states, you agree to these deals that are absurd, but you can't, come on, that's completely ridiculous. But also, yeah, you're exactly right. Like they'll take, take Circus Golf, for example, their golf numbers for every event are incredible. And they'll tell you what the whole percentage is. It's like 12%. They'll go as low as 12% in some of these tournaments. If you compare their numbers to other books, I mean, it's, it's, it's not every single better, every single golfer is going to have better odds than the other book, every single one of them. And some of them might be double or triple the, the odds. I mean, the whole percentage of the other books might be higher than 50% on the golf, for example. So that, that stuff's got, I think, kind of flipped too. Yeah, no, we're huge fans of Circa, certainly for futures odds. Obviously, we specialize in futures on PropSwap, so we we love that book. Um, you know, we we ask a lot of people on this show, we're on the PropSwap podcast, obviously, like, how do you view hedging? Is, you know, hedging versus selling your bet versus cash out? Like, is that a personal decision? Is it, you know, how much profit you've made on that given bet? Then you hedge. Like, just how do you view that world? Is it automatic? Is it not automatic? Just... Yeah, your quick thoughts on on selling versus cash out versus hedging. Sure. I think everybody's different for sure. Uh, first of all, before I answer that, let me ask you guys. Anytime soon, back in Nevada again? Because I'm a, obviously, I cut the first spot for you guys back in 2015. I'm a huge fan of what the idea of PropSwap is. Yeah, appreciate it. Uh, had a big arbitration hearing uh, two weeks ago, Ian. I flew in. Uh, there is a new gaming control board chairman. Starting in January, um, we believe that will be positive for the industry. Uh, they have rolled out cashless gaming in Nevada, which is great. I was stunned that that happened. I never thought Nevada would have cashless wagering. I thought you know Nevada typically is not the, the most innovative state, um, yep. like we've talked about. So um, we are hopeful for a 2023 compromise, uh, and we will be back live in uh, in our first state. Okay. Well, I like to hear that. So I can't really speak to the cash out option, to be honest, because yeah, uh, <laughs> not really, it's not available anywhere in Las Vegas. But, uh, you know, when it comes to hedging or selling tickets, I everybody's going to be different, right? So certain people are going to hear this and they're going to say they never hedge. Um, I know some of our buddies, Nigel Seeley, soccer mm -hmm. guy, he comes on and says hedging is for gardeners. He won't yeah. hedge. But uh, I have other friends that won't do it either. Other guys who've been doing this forever that are professionals. I I'm not a professional sports better. So I like to lock in a profit, especially when I have a huge number on a future ticket. So the way I look at this is it's easier for me to use PropSwap. And I'll use an example why. I have, this is the current one. I have Brooke Lopez, 300 and 500 to one to win defensive player of the year in the <laughs> NBA. Wow. He's currently even money. He's the favorite on the board. So I'm going to let this play out, obviously, for a while. I'm going to see how it goes. He's leading the NBA in blocks. But do I? how do I hedge that? Because, I mean, I can let it go until, like, March. But what if there are four other players who could win the award from him? And they're all around the same odds. Am I going to be betting Anthony Davis and Giannis Antetokounmpo and Rudy Gobert at 3-1, to 5-1? to Like, Why? I mean, that's not going to do me any good. I think I'm just going to be pissing money away at that point. Um, another example this year would be the Offensive Rookie of the Year in the NFL. Okay, I mean, 
like four or five guys can win it. How are you going to hedge right now? I, people ask me this question every single day. I'm like, I, I don't know what to tell you because if you get hedge on Garrett Wilson, okay, because you have um, Christian Watson and, and, and Kenneth Walker, that's fine. What if Olavia wins? Then you lose everything. What if what if Kenny Pickett gets blazing hot and wins it or whatever? You get my point. You can say yeah. you can use this every single year. So trying to find if you you can have an amazing number on a player, and then if something happens over the final couple of weeks or the months of the season. Uh, you know, it just, it's too unpredictable and other guys that you don't know are going to come up. And so I've used prop swap a ton. You guys know this, I'm sure. I mean, I've, mm-hmm. I've sold, I've purchased tickets uh, a lot going back over the years. So um, I would, I like that angle. I really do. Uh, just because the other hedging idea is too difficult in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, you laid out perfect examples. If you have a, a big long shot and then three other candidates are, are single digit odds like that just is such a difficult outcome to hedge out of and yep. if guys like nigel like i if you have a hundred to one phillies ticket to win the world series and they get to the world series and it pays out thirty thousand, like how are you gonna hedge that by betting on the astros at minus 200 like do you have 20 racks sitting in your checking account to make a hedge bet on the astros like i've never understood Yep. The people that are like either A, don't hedge, or B, oh, no, it's easy. You just hedge on the Astros. Like, unless you have unlimited funds, how are you going to do that? Exactly right. Yep. Well, uh, Mitch, thanks so much for joining us. This was uh, fantastic. Really uh, enjoy hearing your story and uh, getting your take on, on the whole industry. Um, definitely uh, give, give them a follow on Twitter. And uh, if you're up early enough, make sure to uh, check out Follow the money on VSIN. Although I'm also I'm sure there's uh, there's podcasts available and you can listen yeah. to uh, the recording as well. Um, so yeah, thanks thanks Mitch. We'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. Good catching up, fellas. Be good. Thank you again to Mitch. We hope you uh, in- enjoyed that interview. Uh, just a fascinating story, and uh, he's really uh, done well for himself uh, at uh, at VSIN and super happy to see the success him and uh, him, him and Paulie have had. They are celebrities, like I said. In the- in the interview, I didn't, you know, that, that's that's almost humorous that he didn't realize how famous they were until a year ago at Foxwoods. Like, I I had people tell me in 20, 2017, like I said, saying like, oh, like Mitch and Paul are the greatest. I listen to them every day. Like, this guy living in New York City working for Rolling Stone. I mean, he was like head of revenue for Rolling Stone, one of our investors. Um, like, yeah, it's 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 humbling to hear Mitch didn't grasp his reach. So, yeah, they're celebrities. They've they've done such a good job of owning the specifically sports betting content. They're up super early, so it's a great morning show. Of course, the most popular ratings for sports is the drive time, and um, yeah, I love it. It's um, we're we're super congratulatory. <laughs> like your first question, he was our first um, our first. Uh, voice of our of our ads and then lotus and i wanted to mention this like i completely agree with him lotus is amazing that's a radio station owner in las vegas that was our first advertising check we probably gave him like three thousand bucks to start off since then we've spent millions of dollars on advertising on bus wraps in philadelphia and owning a sports gambling show in chicago and you know tons of money in boston on on the number one talk show in the country the sports hub and it's just hilarious how our first advertising check ever was to his radio station. Yeah. Um, and, you know, yeah, I, I just think, I think he knew that they were popular, but I think 
when people listen to you every day for so long, uh, you know, I, I think they feel like they know the hosts, right? And sure. so it's, you know, the, the people do. listening feel like they know Mitch and Pauly because they've spent so much time with them. So I think it is probably surreal when you go meet the fans and not only, oh, hey, I'm a big fan, but they start bringing up these kind of personal stories that you've ta- told on the air. And you're like, oh, I forgot I've said that. And like, that's crazy. You remember that, you know? So um, I, I, I'm sure he was aware to a certain degree, but I think it really just hits home when, when you talk to the fans. Uh, I know we we have, you know, not the same amount, but close to the same amount as fans uh, as, uh, as Mitch and Polly. Um, uh, so uh, without further ado, uh, it's that time of the show to get into steak or swap. First up, we will be talking about the Dallas Cowboys, uh, who are currently one of the top teams in the league. They sit at seven to one odds right now to win the Super Bowl. Uh, so, Luke, uh, I will start with you. Are you going to stake or swap the Cowboys? I'm going to swap the Dallas Cowboys. They are seven to one at virtually every sports book in the country. Um, on ESPN on Monday. They had them, they had the Cowboys as the uh, best percentage odds to both make the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. This is from ESPN Analytics. Above the Chiefs, Bills, and Eagles, a 50% shot to make the Super Bowl and a 31% shot to win the Super Bowl. ESPN Analytics. Couldn't disagree with that more. Um... I don't understand the hype around this team. You beat the Colts. The Colts are horrendous, absolutely horrendous football team. I don't know why the Colts are on prime time so much, and they're about to be in prime time three more times. I, I was informed. Like, just kill me. I don't. I don't want to watch this team anymore. They stink. Matt Ryan stinks. Allie Cox shouldn't be in the NFL anymore. The team stinks. Um, so I don't understand the hype from the Cowboys beating them. Cool. You beat one of the worst teams in the NFL. And then to give, uh, to say you're better than the Chiefs, Bills, and Eagles, like that is so preposterous. I can't even begin to describe it. So, but according to the odds, they are the fourth best team. Um, I would take the Bengals over them. I would probably take the Vikings, not by much, but I would take them. I'd take the Dolphins over the Cowboys. So, and then lastly, like the whole Michael Gallup hype, like people pick him all the time in fantasy, and I've never understood it. Um, this year, he has 297 yards, three touchdowns. Last year, he had 445 yards. Year before that, 843 yards. Okay, year before that, 1,100. And then year before that, 500 yards out of Colorado State. I don't get it. He's not very good. If they get OBJ, okay, maybe. You know, but that will help, obviously. But I don't get it. I'm swapping the Cowboys at seven to one. Um, I uh, disagree with you. Um, I am still staking the Cowboys at at seven to one. They are a very good football team. They are well balanced. Uh, I think people are overlooking them because of the Eagles and and their record and the fact that they're not you know the the number one team in the division. I think the Cowboys are extremely live the next time they they play each other, which is uh, around Christmas time. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see. They are third in the league in points scored, third in the league in points allowed. 
they are third in red zone scoring efficiency. Uh, Tony Pollard is a Tony Pollard and Zeke is a great running back combination. We know they've got a great defense. Um, the the Micah Parsons is an absolute beast and the huge favorite to win Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, the only weak point in my mind is is the coaching and uh, Mike McCarthy uh, because he you know he would scare me in terms of you know blowing a game uh, uh, down the stretch. But uh, I. I, I'm going to stake the Cowboys. Uh, but one other story I was just going to mention, uh, someone who agrees with you, uh, one of our customers, uh, this was highlighted in our, our weekly newsletter last week, uh, uh, a customer bet $95 on the Cowboys to win Super Bowl uh, right after Dak got hurt. He got 60 to 1 odds on the Cowboys uh, and great. then sold that ticket last week for $495, so a $400 profit. Meanwhile, the buyer got odds of, odds of close to 11 to 1, and they are now currently 7 to 1. So uh, seller profited $400, buyer got the best odds in the world. So uh, there, there's an example of, uh, of, of the Cowboys being one of those uh, popular teams on, on PropSwap. The next team we're going to talk about, uh, head to the AFC South. We will talk about the Tennessee Titans, currently 40 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Uh, I will go first. I am staking the Titans at 40 to 1. Uh, they are coming off two losses, but to two of the best teams in the league, the Bengals and the Eagles. Uh, their their rookie wide receiver Traylon Burks uh, got knocked out of the game last week against the Eagles with a concussion. Uh, I think that really hurt them during that game, but he should be back uh, next week. The Titans offense ranks sixth in red zone efficiency. I think that's a huge stat, right? You want to be able to capitalize, uh, get points when, when you're in the red zone. The, the defense ranks first in opponent third down conversion rate, right? So that means uh, the, the Titans opponents have the worst uh, conversion rate of, of, of third downs. Uh, they are going to win the AFC South. They're currently minus 1,600 to, to win that division. So they will host a first-round playoff game. Uh, and they have the third easiest schedule remaining. Their next three games are home versus the Jaguars, at the Chargers, home versus the Texans. So I think they're going to get uh, some wins under the belt, finish the season strong, and I think you'll see these odds drop to 20-1 to 1, uh, in, uh, in pretty quick time. So I am staking the Titans. I agree. I will stake the Titans as well. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, the Colts stink. So that's your competition in that division. Um, you, know, you got to deal with the Jaguars, maybe, but they'll they'll win that division. I have I have no doubt in my mind about that. So they're in, it's getting into the playoffs, and then it's you know then it's on. So you got you figure if you get in, your odds should be you know fifteen to one. Um, so you know maybe shade just because they're a little bit worse team than the the Bills and the Chiefs. So. Um, I agree. 40 to 1 is value. Love Traylon Burks. Uh, looking at his uh, Wikipedia page here, an avid hog hunter. Uh, ironic because he went to Arkansas. Uh, they were the Razorbacks. Um, but yeah, love him. Tannehill's good enough. Uh, I was wrong on him. I hated him in Miami. Clearly, with, you know, and when you have to defend the Titans like you do Derrick Henry and put eight guys in the box, it makes your life a lot easier as quarterback. So, uh, makes sense. He's doing better in Tennessee than he did in Miami. And of course, Derrick Henry's an absolute monster. So, uh, I agree. I will also stake the Titans this year. Uh, yeah. And uh, you're talking about coaching, I, I do love Mike Vrabel. Uh, I think he's a, he's a really good uh, coach in terms of, uh, of getting his guys ready, especially coming in as an underdog. They, they, they play great as an underdog, although perhaps maybe not the last couple of weeks, but um, definitely a team that uh, you don't want to see uh, in the playoffs. 
So uh, that will do it. That'll wrap it up for this week's episode. Uh, thank you to Mitch. Thank you to you guys for listening. Please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating, and we will talk to you next week.